Welcome to another episode of Cannibalizing the Canon. My name is V slash Rin slash Fella slash Three Dogs, sat in front of a fan, hydrating, let's go gamers, woof woof woof. And I am Danny slash Glaive slash so glad that he doesn't edit the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Look. I decided that I was going to be the high energy one, all right? Uh huh. Yeah, it would make sense. I'm not the high energy it. one this week. <laughs> I went for it. Don't judge me. Anyway, um, what are we talking about today, V? Today's episode forty. We have done forty episodes. Let that sink in for a hot second. I'm just four like zero. We lost track of the numbers for a while there. <laughs> that I'm just like, I'm not trusting anything. I'm just like, yeah, I, sure. Look, I've checked. It's definitely this is definitely the fortieth episode. I've checked, not right. including cannibal anniversary. Reviews. Oh, not including cannibal reviews. Okay, that's not fair. including cannibal reviews. I include the anniversary one. That was a regular episode, albeit a little bit longer <laughs> than usual. You know, um, but no, episode forty. We are going to talk about meat space versus cyberspace that's right online gaming versus face-to-face in person Mm. on the rec we're gonna do it because a lot of people have different opinions and i'm gonna tell you right now there is no correct answer other than the one that works for you and your party exactly we're just exploring all the options exactly and it's it's a unique situation where V has done a lot more meat space games, and I've done a lot more online games. Yep. I kind of would have expected it to be the other way around, but here we are. Anyway. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So. What do I say when I mean meat space? I mean getting your pals around the table, face-to-face, rolling literal physical dice, and generally making a hullabaloo in the same room. God damn it, Jerry. I've told you before. Keep your metaphysical dice away from the table. <laughs> <laughs> Look, he never learns, all right? <laughs> uh, versus cyberspace, which is you log in on a computer and access a digital table. Mm-hmm. You uh, are on, at the very least, I would hope, a voice call mm-hmm. with your pals. Sometimes you'll put on video just for shits and gigs, you know? Yeah. Um, although I'll come back to that in a second. And you roll digital dice and don't have to do nearly as much maths. <laughs> I mean, you say that. <laughs> I say that. But there's some maths still involved. Yeah, there's still some maths involved and your mileage may vary depending on your tabletop of choice. Mm-hmm. Um, there are pros and cons to each of these options, of course. And I'm just going to go through some of them because if I went through all of them, we'd be here for (laughs) days. And I don't have, like, whilst I am the upbeat one today, I don't have the energy for that because it's it's really warm here. So, Mm -hmm. spoiler alert, the the next, like, the summer podcasts, we're not going to get 100% V energy. I'll be be real with you guys. A lot more breaks to, (laughs) a lot more pauses for beverages. Unlike (laughs) most mammals that like slow down during the winter we're just like oh it's the heat oh god oh no (laughs) we're british mammals deal with it ah yes (laughs) i'm not how dare you (laughs) hang on hold on i'm sorry where were you born i'm not getting into it anyway (laughs) (laughs) anyway so one of the pros of online 
is mm -hmm. that it is much easier to get a group together. Oh, yeah. 100%. Because you can get a group together from every corner of the fucking world. It Which I have done weekly for the past six years. <laughs> exactly. It is, a, it is a lot easier to, to get people together. Um, whether that you, you... You can literally just... There are websites dedicated to putting together online groups. You mm -hmm. can get into Discords for that. You can get it. You could just go onto Roll20 and they have a looking for group function. Yep. And you can just join it. You could join a session that's ongoing, a campaign that's ongoing, sorry, or you could start a brand new one. It's the the a, an embarrassment of riches when it comes to finding a game online. It's you ha just have the power. You literally. must simply ask. Now, speaking as Probably the the guy who has spent the most time going through these sorts of um, looking for a group thing because I've I've done both sides I've mm -hmm. applied as player and as DM yeah on I'm the gonna other keep side. it a book with you I have not I have not at all yeah for any so, of these. so this so is you are the voice of experience on this, this is the voice of experience speaking uh, I have a few rules. And I think if you are a dungeon master and you're trying to, and you don't have people in your life that want to play the Dungeons and Dragons, so you have to invite strangers to your game, which isn't a bad thing. You can always find a good group of that. That six year campaign, half of them are people I didn't meet before running the game uh, or games in general. I find the best way. Obviously, the most top best way is finding your friends who have similar interests to you and inviting them to your games. If that isn't an option, then, like V said, go to these websites, go to Roll20, go to Reddit, go to uh, Twitter. All of these places, all the Discord as well, have like a lot of options for finding players. I've mostly use the roll 20 feature mm -hmm. and it's interesting because i have like i said i have rules when inviting players strangers specifically to my game because there's a few things that i have to consider including will this player mesh with the rest of the group absolutely what kind of character are they thinking of playing? And will that character mesh with the story that I'm doing with, with the party as is right now? Mm -hmm. How how does the square block fit in in the rest of the campaign, essentially? Now, I find... The, the, I'll just give you one red flag. A single uh -huh. red flag to use as to your own. And your mileage may vary. You might, be, you might be the kind of DM that's like, no, that's fine. I'll, I'll accept that person. When a player applies to your game and has a character, but it's not just a character concept, it's a full-blown, this is my character, this is his name, this is the class, this is his entire history, and they put all of that in the application, I can see that they're passionate. However, to me, that's a red flag because I'm looking at it from the angle of, well, you, you, you figured it all out, like... I can't add anything to what you've done because you've already done it all. Yeah. So that's a tip for the ever end. If you're applying for games online, if you don't want to be a dungeon master and you want to apply to games online, I do recommend having concepts more than having full-blown 
the whole story in your head because that's half the fun of playing the game is finding out who your character is and exploring what the adventures that they're in lead you to. There's also the fun aspect of, depending on your GM, GMs may vary, working with that GM to incorporate them into the world. Mm -hmm. It's a bit more difficult to do that if you've if you've got set in stone where your character is from and the backstory and all that kind of stuff. It makes it more difficult to kind of mesh into the pre-existing mm -hmm. world. It's a pain in the butt. Yeah. <laughs> well, I will say um, that bringing a player into a meat space game has exactly the same difficulties. Yep. However, I think it is easier as a as a GM to deal with that in an online setting than it is because you can afford to be a little bit more picky. Yep. Because you have a lot more people. There's a bigger pool of people to, to, to look at rather than all about that convenience. Game. Exactly. Whereas in a meat space game, you might only get, you know, two people asking if they can join the game. And oh look, they're a friend of a friend, and and so and so works with so and so, and it's you know there's a there's a dynamic there which might be good for the for the party, but you don't know that. But also, then you run the risk of annoying one of your players by saying no mm -hmm. to their friend, mm -hmm. and it becomes a whole thing, and it's just like Ugh, I don't have time for this. And it th as a result, it becomes a lot more difficult, I think, in for certain DMs. And I will hold my hand up and say I'm one of these people. It becomes more difficult to say no. Yeah. Because you don't want to upset people. Whereas you don't Whereas, see a face for the most part on online where you're like, no, I'm not accepting this person. Goodbye. Exactly. <laughs> it's exactly. not even just, I'm not accepting you. It's more often than not, I've chosen other people. I don't even have to talk to you right now. <laughs> yeah. And, and you can, you have that kind of a little bit more flexibility because you have more options. So, um, there is another, there's also the power. Like if you're the, there's a power to being the game master online in terms of there are way more players than there are GMs. That's true for both of Meat Space and Cyberspace. Yeah. There's always going to be more demand for GMs than supply. Mm -hmm. So that when you become a GM in both of these instances, there are always going to be more people who would rather be players than run the game themselves. So you have the pick of the litter for for a lot of it. And again, like V said, it's easier to do that online because it's a convenience factor of they don't have to leave their house. They're right there on the computer. Uh, but yeah, there is the added difficulty that I have to consider as well online of when you're accepting new players to your game, check what time zone they're in and if they can actually make the games that you're planning to run. If yeah. they're on the other side of the planet and you're playing a weekly game and they are unable to make that time, then you should not have them in your game. <laughs> mm -hmm. For sure, even that if, definitely becomes a factor. Yeah, even if they're like, "Oh, I'm definitely gonna make it. I'm definitely, I'm, I'm gonna put aside the time." And then if it's consistently them not showing up, then that's just a case of like, "Look, man, like you need to find a game that's in your time zone." I think that that uh, kind of comes to to one of my other points that you you've handily segued me into. Thank you, I appreciate mm -hmm. that. Is the the I think in person meets based D and D has the advantage over online D and D in terms of time commitment. 
Yep. Because it is a lot easier to hold people accountable for time commitment when they have to physically be there. Yep. So when you are there playing D&D, you are there to play D&D. If you are doing it online, you can have tabs open. Yeah. Tabs. (laughs) Oh, tabs. All the tabs. Um, you can you can go, okay, I'm just going to quickly run and get a snack and then get distracted and take longer than you anticipate, which is fine. These things happen. But also, if that's consistently happening, that's going to stress out the DM and the rest of the players. Mm-hmm. And it kind of breaks up the the momentum of the story and what's happening in that session. Um, I have said before, and I will yes. continue to say it, that running online is more difficult than running in person. Disagree, but okay. Do you know why I say that? Uh, no, because I don't think we've had this specific conversation before. Well, look where we are now. Look at us <laughs> having this discussion right now. Look at us having this discussion. Who so, would have So I believe that um, running online is more difficult than running in person simply because the fact that you are removed from the other people that are playing physically removed. You're not in the same room. You do Mm -hmm. not get that transfer of energy. When the whole group at a table is getting excited because something cool is happening in the game, Mm -hmm. that kind of keeps you going. I'm speaking as someone who's done like ran neat space games as well. There is a momentum that you is much easier to uphold and keep going. Absolutely. Absolutely. You don't get that online. You don't. You can You can kind of mitigate some of that. You can. It's, it's never going to be quite the same, though, and I agree with that. Um, ways that you can mitigate it, by the way, dear listeners. Um, <laughs> video. Having mm-hmm. a video on. God, that helps so, so much. Speaking as someone who ran games online every week for a year and a half with no video on. Yep. It is a miracle we got through that. Honestly, mm-hmm. that's I, how I, the Nocturne campaign started mm, with no videos. Yeah, it really does make a difference. It makes the world of difference. Um, plus, it becomes easier to pick up on 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 cues, social cues, but also, and this is something that that this is the reason that I have the video on during the podcast recording is it becomes easier to not talk over someone because you can see someone wants to talk. Yeah. So you don't just go... It's it's a lot more difficult when you're just relying on literally the audio. If it's silent for a second, you go, okay, I can talk, but so does everyone else. Mm-hmm. And then you end up talking over each other. Um, <coughs> which we've cut back a, a lot on. Yes, yeah, because we, having videos. we learned a lesson from the time Bex was on the podcast. It's like, oh shit, this is actually a really good idea. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Genius um, is what it was. Yeah. Um, I, I okay. I agree that that makes online difficult from a from a DM perspective. It makes it more challenging to run. It's a two way coin as well. Two way coin is not. I've combined phrases there. Um, <laughs> Flip that two way coin. <laughs> Flip that two way coin. I got a three way coin in my pocket. See. Oh damn. <laughs> um, but it, it's it's a two way street because not only is the GM trying to maintain momentum. If they are unable to do that, they lose the players. And the players yes. will lose their concentration and they start wandering off. They leave the the like the, the camera or they leave whatever however they're attending 
and they start to do other things. It's the equivalent of building the dice tower in the meat space games. Yeah. It's it's a lot easier to get distracted because you have things like physically, especially if you're logging in, your computer's right there. Yeah. Oh, I can just open up a tab and, and, and look at this thing on Twitter and open up Reddit and oh look, twenty minutes have gone. I haven't said anything in game and so I that's don't know why so that's why the um the solution has is the same solution for meat space in my opinion is this the spinning plate dungeon master approach you have to be caught con- and it's worse unfortunately in online games where you have to constantly be like v what is your character doing mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. i'm still what are you doing right now or whoever else is in the game you're like you haven't spoken for a hot minute I'm going to poke you and yeah. see what you're doing in this situation. Because if I don't do that, you're going to get more and more like passive and yes. I'm going to lose you. <laughs> Absolutely. And I, and, and I can confirm that this does happen. Like the, the difference between that, uh, doing it online and doing it face to face, because I've had it in the same group, because obviously mm-hmm. with the Panini happening, a lot of my face to face groups had to go online. Yeah. And there was a real shift in which players were coming forward. And mm. that wasn't necessarily a good thing because I was, you know, certain people I was losing because it was more difficult to engage. Um, God, I wish we'd had cameras on. I really do. Like looking back in hindsight, I'm like, it's such a simple thing. Uh, but also I understand the appeal of not having cameras on because you just yeah. like, you know what? I'm just chilling in my jammies, you know, whatever. <laughs> I I have no shame. I don't give a fuck. I'll just be like there in my jammies, pizza stuffed into my face going, yeah, I roll to attack. Whatever. It's fine. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. It's fine. Um, but I know not everyone has that. And so I understand why some people don't necessarily want to have the camera on them. Yeah. But, oh my God, it's so much. It's just, it's just, it really does kind of push for engagement. Yeah. Um, And I will say that there is, I like, don't don't just assume from all of this that this is entirely on the, the the DM because honestly I think that if you commit to an online game you commit to staying focused you commit to not opening those tabs yeah and if you open those tabs because you're bored that is something that you need to address with yourself but also with the DM and be like okay I'm losing focus at these points is there something that we can do together to make sure that that is not something that keeps happening? Because yeah, once or twice happens, you have to look something up or your brain just goes, I'm not feeling it today and that's fine. But if it's a consistent pattern of I keep opening up this website, that website, and it's not related to what you're actively doing in the game, that is a problem you need to address yourself. And I think I don't think that's a problem that the DM can solve. Exactly. But exactly. I do think there are ways of solving it. That is entirely up to the player. Uh, here's some tips and tricks for what players can do <laughs> when you find yourself losing concentration. This works for both. This 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 is um, universal. Universal, yeah. So, uh, tip number one: share the spotlight. If you're noticing that one of the like you're not alone in the oh ev- people are losing concentration and whatever's happening in the scene, talk to one of your players in character. Talk to them and find out 
What do you think of this? Inter-party dialogue is one of the best things that can happen in a game because suddenly the DM's like, holy shit, the game's just playing itself. <laughs> like, I don't have to push this rock up like Sisyphus here. My, you guys are just communicating. Yeah, hands down, some of my favorite moments in games is when you are just talking amongst yourselves. Yeah. In character. I love that shit because I learn so much more about where your characters are at than if you are actively doing a thing because mm-hmm. it, because a lot of the time the conversations like even if they're just the dumbest conversations like even if like you know the main story beat that's happening right now is like you know um thaddeus <laughs> has, has encountered his father uh, for the first time in years meanwhile you've got the rest of the group kind of awkwardly standing off to the side and they're going man I should probably like write a letter to my dad. Lucky you've got a dad to write to. And then the jokes continue like in the background. I love that shit because that to me tells me exactly what your character is thinking in that moment. Yeah. And I go, okay. Banter. banter. Give us banter. There's one of your the, tips. The banter's always the best bit. Like every like that's always the stuff that people remember is when you make the stupid jokes, you know? Yeah. I Do mean, more th- like that. <laughs> that's yeah. So that's so if you are losing focus of the game, bring mm-hmm. yourself back by bantering with your fellow players. Mm-hmm. Another tip is obviously, like this isn't a tip, but you should be paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> but the specific tip then in the paying attention part is if you see something, no matter how crazy of an idea it is. If you see an opportunity to do something cool, try and do it. Mm-hmm. I don't care what it is, within reason. <laughs> see, that's the thing. There is there is an element of within reason, but if you don't ask, you won't know. Yeah. So. So and also ask. and also like it's okay to 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 say to to say a thing, and then regret it. <laughs> You can also just, there's a very simple, like, you can do it out of character as well. You'd be like, hey, GM, would I be able to make that jump? And the GM can say, you can certainly try. And then it's up to you whether or not you want to go down in hubris. <laughs> yeah, I will I will say, and that is something where your GM may vary, because I'm quite strict about out-of-character stuff. Yeah. Because I, uh, I've had... And this this boils back down to the focus thing. I've had people who've not been particularly focused on the story and have been saying things like snide little comments and, and, and mm-hmm. sassy little asides. And they're like, oh, but I said it out of character. So I'm really strict on that now. I'm like, but if you say so it, you say I it. I agree. But I think there is a difference between asking a question to your GM out of character. Oh, and yeah, absolutely. Saying, saying something that could very easily be dialogue from absolutely, in character absolutely i had also, that, i had that same issue in a meat space game where it was like to the point where i um the party solution to speaking in character wasn't <laughs> always speaking character because that was my original solution of like everything you say is in character unless you say otherwise yeah. their solution was they got um little popsicle sticks with in character and out of character, and I was saying they swap it around depending on, but that wasn't even a solution. Don't do that because I very quickly forgot that there was yeah. existed. Um, I will say, like, uh, uh, yes, absolutely, there is a difference between asking about actions and sassy dialogue. Yeah. Um, however, cautionary tale 
for all of you absolute dipshits out there who want to make jokes about, oh, I'm going to fillet the dragon, because I will hold you to that. I will hold you to that. And that is why there is a player in the world who no longer is at my table for other reasons, but there is a player <laughs> at my... Just stress that bit. There is a player in my world who rolled a natural 20 to fillet a prisoner in front of his wife and child, and we kept that story beat going because he fucking tried it. If yep. you say it, I will take that and I will go, okay, roll for it then. <laughs> like if you're gonna if you're gonna come to my table and be like, oh yeah, I'm just gonna be a dick, like I will hold you to that and your character will do those things. I want to add a caveat and I know like There's a lot of caveats. The main caveat is your your mileage may vary with the Your mileage may vary, but that's D and D. We've said it before, we'll say 100%. it again. Oh, tables what's that? Are... oh, what's that? Absolutes? No, yeah, yeah, we I don't know. have any yeah. here. Sorry. I haven't had that in a while. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So, another thing I would say when asking your dungeon master, hey, can I do this? Can I do mm-hmm. that? Try not. And I understand if players do do this. I get it. I've done it myself. But try not to just be like, can I insert skill name here? Or can I roll intimidation? Or can I mm-hmm. roll insight? Don't do that, uh, because that is a very specific. Like, I and again, it depends on your table. It's a Personally, little metagamey. It's a little metagamey. The dungeon master is the person who decides when you make dice rolls. That's what it says in the yes. book. Yes. Also, they, yeah. Sorry. In addition, asking to do a roll, kind of okay with. Saying I'm going to do this role. Yeah. No, you are not. No. No, you are not. Now on principle, no, you are not. <laughs> you Just... can like, but like I said before, you can ask like, can I roll insight? That's fine occasionally, but try not to do it every single time yeah. because it's like, yeah, sure. There's there... so many because then my next question is, what are you looking for? Yeah. <laughs> and you could have just said that instantly, like, can I tell if this guy's lying? Yeah, absolutely. Is this guy kind of suspicious? Is this guy kind of frisky? That kind of thing. <laughs> like, I know. Like, sure, me? roll insight. Is he supposed to me? <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. There are ways to phrase it that do not include the word roll. Yeah. Like, what is, know, why specifically? Like, this is the thing. It's the difference between player and character. What is your character looking for? What is your character trying to do? Because your character is not trying to make an insight roll here. That's what you, the player, are doing. Your character is going, hmm, I think this guy's a little bit suspicious. Do I get that vibe? Yeah. Um, that. So another thing about that, though, is occasionally you'll ask that kind of question without naming the skill check, and your GM might entirely surprise you with a different skill check. <laughs> and that's interesting, because I understand that players have this desire to do the skills that they have the biggest number in. Mm-hmm. I get it. There's an optimization. There's like, I have the best numbers, in, especially if you're a bard or a rogue who's just got like... Go. I'm being singled out here. Um. <laughs> he's got like a, a bajillion points in all of your skills. And you're like, look, oh, they there's a chest. Do that. Oh, there's a door. Oh, <laughs> I have reliable talent. <laughs> I get it. Hey, if wizards are gonna let me fuck around, then I'm gonna find out, you know? Yeah. So but that's why you should also like embrace when you're rolling with things that aren't as good, because that can lead to interesting story 
consequences. Exactly. Which is Plus, partially why we're playing the game. <laughs> exactly. Plus, like, bear in mind, okay, so imagine you are, uh, like, quite a big, strong, tanky-type character. Yeah. And you want to go, you want to, like, get to the top of this ledge. Yeah. Right? And you go, okay, of course I'm going to be rolling strength, right? And your DM goes, no, I want to see you acrobatics your way up there because you've got to be kind of dexterous to get around these issues that are on the thing. Yeah. And you roll real high. How good is that? <laughs> your players go, wait, the guy with plate armor got up there, but the rogue rolled a natural one because he's having a bad day. It's, That's funny. It's That's like, just objectively funny. There's a ve- there's a specific episode of the animated Vox Machina series mm-hmm. where Vax is continually failing over and over again. And I'm watching it like, I think this is the episode where Liam was having a bad day and was rolling ones after ones after mm-hmm. ones. And mm-hmm. they've just included that in the episode, and it's great. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> because um, the ones are just as memorable as the 20s. The ones are glorious. <laughs> I'd argue that they're more memorable because yeah. sometimes they lead to things that you don't expect. Like, oh, I don't know, a TPK, Steve. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm only a little bit salty. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's fine because Steve doesn't listen to this podcast, so I can call him out. Anyway, um, the point being of, about all of this is you need to communicate with your DM. And which, also which, let the DM yeah. DM, which is the main thing. Yeah, but that, that the point is, these are things you can do when you find yourself not paying attention anymore. You look at what the GM is saying. Like, for example, let me just put out an example out there of like, say if there is a dialogue scene. Mm-hmm. There's like an ancient gold dragon and he's talking to the party about like, the history of the world and how whatever's happening right now is important and how they should stop it, blah, 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 blah. And again, I get it. Players can sometimes be like, oh, God, exposition. <laughs> when will it end? I didn't sign up for law. God. <laughs> <laughs> That's still like, you can still get away with doing things, even in that. It, it, it's, it's a, it's a, I will admit it's a trapeze line. <laughs> I mean, if you want to try and do something that might irritate the giant dragon in front of you, that's on you. But the option is still there. It can go as simple as asking questions mm-hmm. to as chaotic as, is there anything valuable behind the dragon? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, um, did you say that he was, um, he was sat next to a really shiny dagger? Um, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna. What, I just would it. Would it be crazy? Would it be crazy for me to act totally in character and try and just like fucking get that? Oh no, it's a mimic. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the dragon was a mimic the whole time. Oh god. <laughs> I mean, there's also a fun. It's also very fun to interact with these grand NPCs in character as well. It'd be like. Just think to yourself, like, what would my 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 character be doing right now? And mm-hmm. don't be a dick about it. Don't use that for evil. Use that for good of, like, like there's so many instances of, like, it's what my character would do. And it's like, yeah, well, there's what your character can do, and then there's just being a dick. And don't be a dick. <laughs> it's not even necessarily being a dick. It's being, it's not being a team player. Yeah. 
because and this is again there's a difference between having a character who is used to doing things on their own and being the lone wolf stereotype which by the way is bullshit we all know it i think i think that's something i need to clarify i actively punish that behavior (laughs) there's a difference between doing that and being that kind of player yeah because as a player it's not fun for the rest of your group if you know like i've had players who have who have had a character who is that lone wolf stereotype but have still been team players and still like gone okay well absolutely go and do your thing that's great um yeah share the spotlight yeah 100 percent, and that's what it boils down to you can you can be a dick and still have fun with it it's just making sure that everyone at the table is still enjoying the joke this is how you play an evil character in a campaign you do not decide to just betray your fellow party members at any given notice. You, don't, you, you don't, don't do punish that. the rest of the players. You give your evil character a reason why they have to keep everyone else close slash alive, and you stick to it. You're like, well, my end goal is to take over the world, but I need help doing that, so... Mm-hmm. I'm going to keep these numbskulls alive yeah, <laughs> in the meantime. As a, as a player at the table with other players, it is not your place <laughs> to make decisions for their characters. No. And that is and that is something that, regardless of whether you are online or face-to-face, that is just, you don't get to make decisions for other people's characters. You don't yeah. get to make decisions on behalf of other players. Unless they're not there and they've given you carte blanche, in which case that's a risky move. You yeah, know? It's a very risky move, but <laughs> you know, risky move, you, you reap what you sow. Yeah, hundred percent. Anyway. Anyway, other differences between online and in person. Bit the big one for me is materials. So yeah. uh, online is great because there are so many resources available. Whether that's through the virtual tabletop that you are using or just Various websites, 5e tools is a big one. Mm-hmm. Roll20 has so much. Like you can just access all of this stuff and it is there at your fingertips. And and especially as a DM, if they decide to change things and you are going in a different direction to what you expected, it is very easy and quick to be able to pull up stat blocks for other things and go, okay, this is what we're doing. Yeah, now. let's go. There's the compendium. A hundred percent. You don't um, have to open a book. You just have to type in the monster you're looking for, and there it is. It's great. Caveat to this. Caveat. That can get expensive. It can. Although the open license does cover all most of the monsters that are in the monster manual. Yes. However, if you want something specific from one of the extra books, yeah, you have to purchase that extra book. Yeah. There's nothing stopping you from putting these things putting the stat blocks in yourself that most um absolutely online tables have that capability so 100 percent. i will say that it is time consuming it is and if you're doing things on the fly that slows things down it does however it is possible it's entirely possible <laughs> it's less of an issue <clears throat> that's when you reskin <laughs> that's when you reskin things 100 percent um in person, the 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 materials are a lot more physical, surprisingly. In mm-hmm. some cases, you'll take a laptop and have access to all of these things anyway, and that's perfectly okay too. However, you have a slight advantage 
in that even if you have a, t- a, a group of experienced players, if they have never played online before, they have to learn a new system of play. Yep. And whilst I will, I quite willing to say that I I like Roll Twenty. I really like the layout. I really think it is easy to use. It is still a learning curve for people who have never seen something like this before. And yeah. it's all well and good saying, "Well, it's really easy to use." It's not if you've not seen it before. No, it's just not. And it's the same with the Foundry, and it's the same with Tailspire, and it's the same with. The other ones that are available. Fantasy Ground. Thank you. I don't know if D&D Beyond has one. It did at one point. I, it did at one point. I don't think it does at the minute. It does have dice that you can roll. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. So so whilst it is... There is a level of accessibility to, to, to the online content. It is a learning curve. Like, I... So when I first had to move my players to online from in person i recorded a how this works video for our roll 20 games which is because... way more than what i did for any of my players <laughs> <laughs> well for me it was just like i know that i've been using roll 20 for a while at this point because yeah. i was because i had online games before that that i was a player in and i had to learn how to dm in them in, yeah. in the space which was again a learning curve but I knew that none of my players had ever had to play online before. So I was like, okay, how can I help you with this? Because that's who I am as a person. Hello. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and so I recorded a little tutorial. And I was like, this is where you'll find this information. This is where you find information. And whilst it, it, it did help to a point, there was still very much, you know. Some growing pains. Growing pains. Um, which apparently are not true. Apparently growing pains are not a thing. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> um this is news that i that i that i found out about yesterday so i'm still like what huh <laughs> sure anyway um but yeah there's still there's still those teething problems that you're always going to have when you're trying a new system yeah teething problems those exist <laughs> they exist boy howdy shout out to jane tender we love you um oh. yes we do poor sweet jane anyway um so that again you've got that kind of balance of it's a bit easier one way it's a little bit more difficult another way it's you know plus in person if you want all of those materials it's a weight issue like you gotta carry around all those books damn this is why like i personally i i prefer running meat space games in my own house because Mm -hmm. it's like all my shit is here yeah and then when another player's like, oh, but uh, I want it to be done in my house. Like, yeah, well, are you going to help me bring all my shit over there? Because that's the issue here. 100%. I do not have the space. No, exactly. I run, so I run four games in the meat space. I do not have the space for a single game in my in my house. I don't have a table. I <laughs> I have a small desk that sits over my bed now. <laughs> but I got that today, and that is not going to suit a whole no, table. No. Anyway, um, so I have to go to an external place. We have a uh, a, a board game cafe in in my in my town, and it's great. And we hire out a room, and it's pretty good rates. And we get food when we get there, and it's a grand old time. Plus, they're quite good in the sense that they have some of the materials available for you to mm-hmm. just like grab, which is great. However. If there's specific books that I want, I have to take them with me. Yep. 
Now, in pre-Panini, because I don't do this anymore because I just take my laptop and access the information online, big brain move, but before the Panini, I literally had a suitcase with all of my D&D stuff in, and I, I had cart it to and from the place that we were going to. I had a similar experience in one of my Meet Space games where I had a ba- my rucksack mm-hmm. full of all the D&D books, and I also had um, one of those craft boxes that you open up and there's shelves in it full mm-hmm. of uh, my minis. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I I had a I had a suitcase with all the books in my dice, extra dice, pens, pencils, my notepads, and then like a little lunchbox with minis wrapped up in individual things. So because here's another thing: we didn't have many. I find different in context to this materials as well about online and, and meat space. Mm-hmm. It is. Uh, it, it is paradoxically both easier to do both theater of the mind and combat in the meat space than it is on online play. Both of those are easy to do in the meat space. What do I mean by this? Let me finish. I'll I'm get to it. Finish, but uh, I'm gonna disagree with you on one of those. Yeah. So theater of the mind. We're in agreement there. It's easier to do. In the meat space. Yes. 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 Because it's partially because everyone's in the same room. Every That's part of that energy transfer. It's part of the energy transfer. It's part of being able to read someone and how they're describing something. Exactly. And it's, it's a lot and easier to get that. I can about. say it's about this length here and blah, 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 and blah, and I can yeah. emote and such and such. 100%. Um, and people then in response to that can tell me. I'm about this far away, blah, blah, blah. Or like, I'm only about that. And it's a lot easier and there's a lot less like trying to interpret whatever people mean. Uh-huh. Uh, it's difficult. Now, what I mean by the other end of that, having mm-hmm. an actual like grid mapped combat encounter, mm-hmm. the reason why it is easier to do that in the meat space than it is to do in the online space is because the online space requires preparation more so than the meat space one. Yes. You can you can improvise a meat space combat encounter with a map if you have a pen and uh, and and the ability something to write on with mm-hmm. the pen. Mm-hmm. You I'm... can also bring you can also prepare things to bring with you. Absolutely. I'm going to disagree that it's easier. I'm not saying that online is easier. I'm saying that they're equivalent because you can absolutely do that online as well. You can draw. Ooh, you can. You can very quickly longer. draw a map. It, no, it takes longer. It does. No, it doesn't. It does. It does. Trust okay. Me. Correction. I find it just as easy. Right. Because if I am having to prepare a map for a face-to-face encounter. Uh-huh. I need to make sure that I have those minis, which is a cost. I want to add that as well. That's a cost that I don't necessarily like. If I if it's a specific encounter, and I need a certain mini, I've got to make sure that I've got time to get that, mm-hmm. and then to get it, which is a cost, both in time and money, which I don't always have. Would you want to guess how many minis I have? Less than ten. 10 to 20 <laughs> but only because <laughs> only because 
I went to uh, Warhammer, shout out to Warhammer, um, and I bought a, I bought the Age of Sigma game set, right? Yeah, and that came with, and that's, and I, there's loads of those that I haven't finished building. Um, like when I say minis, <laughs> I mean fully finished, painted, ready to go minis. Yeah. Um, and and all of those, with the exception of two minis, are player characters. I don't have enemies and bosses lined up, so if I yeah. want something specific, I've got to go out of my way to buy it. I will argue, though, that there is power to equivalency. You can... It, there's nothing stopping any GM to just be like, you see this rock? This rock is a beholder. Fear the beholder. Absolutely. That is something that is a thing. Yes, but it does take from the experience a little bit. It's still an imagination game. If you're improvising... Specifically, if you're improvising an encounter, I'm talking yes, about here. If you're preparing an encounter... It requires it's me a whole to have the rock thing. with me. Sure, but you can have um, the the rock. I know I was talking about an actual rock, not the bird. Um, yes, yeah, I figured. <laughs> like so, it doesn't have to. Obviously, it has to. Like you have to have some kind of equivalency. But... You have to have some something physical there, which means yeah. that you have to have brought it with you. Potentially, even if yes. even if you are winging it, even if this is a, a combat that you were not expecting to do, you still have to physically have something that will represent those things. Right and. Here's the issue with that on the online space, though. Because it's the opposite problem. You... So, with the open license, and I know this because I've... Unless I've changed it recently, because I've had bought a lot of the materials so that I don't have to deal and I, with this nonsense. Mm -hmm. With the open license, they don't include tokens. You yes. can drag yeah. and drop onto the map. It's not going to create a token for you. Correct. On Roll20, specifically. So you have to make your own tokens. Yes. That in itself, I would argue, takes as much time to construct, link it to an NPC stat block that you also have to find. If it's on the open license, great. You have to connect it to the stat block. You need to have... If you're wanting to get the art to be accurate to the encounter, it takes a lot of time to do all these steps. Okay. I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Two things. One, you don't need to connect it to the stat block. You do I if feel... you want to make your life easier. Health. Yeah, that's that's what a that's what a calculator on roll twenty. That's a that's Hel what a calculator yeah. is for. Hi. Because you're Hello. still going to have to manually input it. I'm speaking specifically it. from my perspective here, Mister Discalcula. Fair points valid, but are an I'm, issue. <laughs> I understand. I understand that perspective. I'm just saying you don't necessarily have to do that. Mm -hmm. You absolutely can if you want to. But I, the second point, which I think is the more important one, mm -hmm. is that prep work is equivalent to the prep work that you put in buying and making practical maps. Even if they're just like stuff that you win, you still have to have the items. So doing that prep work online is the equivalent now what you're suggesting is that you're doing all of this on the fly mm -hmm. i don't do that right. i have i have tokens this is a for... dependent on gm yes. thing. GMs will vary i have tokens for just stuff ready yeah. to go in my library because i know that at some point someone's going to try and, and and do something stupid and i'm going to have to have this on ready to go Mm -hmm. But that is something that I know going into a cyberspace game. Yeah. That is why for me, and again, 
your mileage will vary with GMs. There, in terms of like maps and materials, I find online easier because in person requires me to have brought it with me because I am going to a different space to where all my stuff is. And I think that might be why you find it easier because you always do it where your stuff is. Yes. However, there is another layer to this. <laughs> oh, God. oh, God, there's so many layers to this one. There's another, yet another layer. We're calling back to trying to keep those players focused. Yes. Another solution besides putting your camera on is having something for the players to look at, like a map. You don't always have to have a map in a meat space game. No, I no. very rarely have maps in exactly. these games. In Roll20, be it a map, be it something, it is better to have something for the players to look at than nothing. Absolutely. Agreed. That is something else you have to... That's adding to the work pile of, of, a, of a cyberspace game. Yes, I'm not saying that it's easier to run a cyberspace game because there's less work involved. I'm saying that I would say the prep work is equivalent. Sure. I disagree, but sure. <laughs> yes, but that's because you only ever run games where all of your stuff is. No, I don't. I have not ran a game where all my stuff is. I'll be very honest. I have a strong preference for it. Okay, so how much stuff do you take out with you that you're actually going to need? When I did go <laughs> out and run Meat Space games pre-pandemic, I would bring the Player's Handbook. I would mm -hmm. bring... The monster manual. Mm -hmm. I bring Volos because mm -hmm. I like the monsters in Volos. I would bring my dice. Mm -hmm. I would bring my case full of my miniatures. How and many miniatures would you say fit in that case? Quite a few. I can show you if I could find it. <laughs> if I knew where it was. Um, I'm going to say similar quantity though. About 20. Mm -hmm. Nothing like obnoxiously large yeah. Yeah, yeah but a lot of those are the ones that i have in that case are generic uh -huh. like i have a few undead they're handy for oh they're fighting undead they're always going to be fighting undead at some point it's good to have zombies if they're fighting goblins i don't have goblins i do have a few halflings and gnomes that i can use instead though and call mm -hmm. them goblins um I have like centaur. I so that I used as a horse <laughs> a few times. Fair enough. Um, as long as there's consent, I don't see the problem. <laughs> uh, there's like a, a demon in there. There's a yeti. Mm -hmm. It's really handy for any large brutish character. <laughs> this is how I get away with improvising because I'm a very heavy improvising GM. Yeah. And that's where the difference is in us, because mm -hmm. I will change my plan on on the fly uh, because I get a better idea in the middle of the game. <laughs> I see. I just don't use minis. Yeah. I just draw it. Yeah, that stems from my roll twenty. My, my yeah, my roll twenty experience, where I'm having to have something for the players to look at, mm -hmm. even though I don't have to do that as much in the meat space. This is the thing that I find... This is the biggest thing about the difference. It is easier to improvise with people around the table than it is to do that online. Because when you're improvising online, players expect you to actually have something to show them in response to that improvisation. I don't agree with that. 
Yeah. I don't agree that players expect that. And if they do, then your players are dicks. Well, here's the example I would give. Let's okay. say, because like I said, I usually have some kind of map for the players mm -hmm. to look at. It's like, oh, you're in a forest. Here is a forest map. You encounter an NPC. Immediately, the players want to know where is the NPC on the map. It's like, I just made an NPC up. I don't have an NPC on the map. I'm going to have to now put that on there somehow. Quickly make a stamp in the background and be like, fuck, mm, there he is. He's right there. His name is, fuck, I don't have a name. Uh, <laughs> et That's very much my experience. His name yeah. is, um, <laughs> this is fine. Um, I see, I disagree mostly because of my experiences. My players have been. <laughs> a bit more forgiving about that right? in the sense that they know that if they've gone off the reservation, mm -hmm. I'm not going to have everything to hand immediately. Yeah. And it's going to take me a minute. This is my issue though. I'm always off the reservation. <laughs> I'm always like, Oh, that sounds like a really cool idea. Let's do that. And then I'm like, Oh no, what have I done to myself? <laughs> I mean, that sounds like a you problem. <laughs> it is a me problem, but but I find it easier to get over that in a meat space game yeah. because I don't have to, I don't have to show my receipts. No. <laughs> I find it, I actually find it a little bit more difficult to get away with it in the meat space because I have a really bad poker face. Right. So they know when they, they immediately know if they, if they, if they're doing something completely sideways to what I expected. Cause I like, I'm very honest and upfront with my players about the fact that like, in terms of planning, I try not to plan too much nowadays. Mm -hmm. um, but there are some things that I just don't expect them to do, and I and they will always pull that out the hat, and they always know when they've done that because they can see it in my face <laughs> because I have fuck all poker face. But yeah, I mean, every GM is going to be different. They're going to have a different preference. 100%. I. Despite everything I've just said about online playing of the games, I still enjoy playing online. I have no issues. Like, I've I've had I have my own solutions. There's a few um, things that make my life easier. Like one of the minor issues is having stat blocks. Mm -hmm. Yes, the stat blocks are on the roll twenty, but having them all open in front of me, you have to have multiple monitors and then you have to go find it because you've got like five different stat blocks open at the same time mm -hmm. i understand that that's also an issue in the meat space games um but you could write those down or take pictures of them or have uh bookmarks in your in your monster manual or what have you so you can yeah. go between the pages um the way i've found Here's a quick tip for you fellas who use Roll20. Pressing shift and clicking a character token that's connected to a stat block will open that stat block. That's a quick and easy way of opening something that you've already closed. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, and other tips. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be real. The minute you said you could take a picture of it, my brain immediately went, I could do that with an online one as well. Yeah, not in a have, not in a not you'd in have a bad the same way, issue in... that you'd already have where like I don't need a picture of the one. I have the stat block. It's yeah. getting to that stat block amongst all the other ones that you have. 
What kind of encounters are you running where you have like 60 stat blocks open? I'm not having 60. No, I'm <laughs> having like five maybe at most. Okay. Because uh, it's not just the monsters. I also mm -hmm. have the player characters stat blocks or player sheets open as well for whatever reason. See, <laughs> I I think that's the difference between us as well because I don't. I have important information about each of the characters. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, their passive perception and their AC and what their maximum health is right now. Um, if and you... then I know that if 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 the, if something if an attack hits and it's a big hit, I know it's a big hit, and mm -hmm. I can describe it as such. Um, You've but also I don't need everything from that. You've generally. also just uh, put a poke on another difference as well. <laughs> the GM screen. Yes. The GM screen does not exist in the same manner online than it does offline. It You can still do it. There's nothing stopping you from being a GM with a, with a screen online. However, it isn't as simple as having the screen in front of you, hiding your notes. Obviously, they can't see your notes. That's not one of the issues. Yeah. Uh, but, like, rolling the dice... There are ways I know because I uh, all a lot of my experiences on roll twenty. There are ways of rolling to GM only, where your players don't see that. Mm -hmm. Even like roll the having character abilities and such. There are ways of whispering to your player. That's an advantage uh, that you, that meat space doesn't have. Where like I'm messaging a player and no one else can see what I'm telling them. <laughs> or more importantly, a player is messaging me. Mm hmm. It's a lot um, easier to do that when you have Discord as well, or some absolutely. other messaging. Because suddenly, you don't have to physically leave the space. Yeah. Whereas in the meet space, if someone messages you on the phone and you look at your phone, it's you can get away with being like, "Oh, this is just you can." I can't. Jesus Christ! I genuinely no poker face whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, in conclusion, <laughs> in conclusion, um, both both are great options. Honestly, yeah. I. So here's the Both thing. present their challenges. My my main my main thing for meat space versus cyberspace is if you can stick with one. Yeah. For that game. Because if you go from one to the other, oh boy howdy, it presents very, very different challenges. Mm -hmm. Um having having taken my meat space games into cyberspace for the Panini was difficult <laughs> and i'm genuinely like and this is 110 percent. my players have been fantastic throughout the whole thing but i'm i'm gonna keep it a book with you i fucking kicked ass in keeping my players engaged like yeah. the fact that i didn't have players immediately dropping out is a fucking miracle because it's such a different environment especially if you've never played online before mm -hmm. um however both are great. Like I've played games online that have been some of the best games of my life. I have played meat space games that have been some of the worst. Vice versa. I have played online games that have been absolutely god awful, and I have played meat space games that have been just incredible. I'll never forget the time I tried to burn down a wooden building and the GM started to make it rain. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh come on, <laughs> we're playing an old west game. And it's and and it's the desert. Like, why is it raining? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
so yeah, so they both have their advantages, both have their disadvantages, and honestly, this will probably come up again in the future because yeah. we both play both. Um, but in conclusion, play games. Yes, play that's games. It. That's all I want from this is for you to go out and play games. Doesn't even have to be D and D. Fucking just play games. Try something that's not D and D. But we'll get into that in another episode. <laughs> That's you heard about episode. Grant Howard? <laughs> <laughs> again? Are we going to talk about him again? Yes. The answer is yes. Always. Of course we are. We're going to keep. We're going to keep talking about Grant Howard until he comes on the podcast, and then we're going to double the output. <laughs> Absolutely. And then we're just going to become an exclusively Grant Howard podcast. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> um, anyway, that has been cannibalizing the captain. Cannibalizing the captain. <laughs> She's the weed. Don't cannibalize the captain. I mean, look, we say cannibalize everything. I'm going to hold you to that, all right? Anyway, let's try that again. Blah, blah, blah. Be out here trying to do mutiny. <laughs> Always. Uh, that has been episode 40 of Cannibalizing the Canon. Meet Space versus Cyberspace. I have been one of your hosts, V slash Fella slash Rin slash Three Dogs co- Committing Mutiny out here. Woof, woof, woof. Oh, uh, yeah, and I've been great <laughs> with Danny slash watching can- the, the cannibalizing canine in, in horror. <laughs> Look, he's just hungry, okay? Um, And that's been our show. We'll be back next week. Bye! Bye! Bye!